0: Ladies and gentlemen, we are live for
1: MMA Sucker Radio.
2: This is MMA fight music producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Sucker Radio with your host, Jeremy Brand. Be sure to catch all your mixed martial arts news and interviews and updates at www.mmasucker.com. I can't believe this could happen to me. Plucked from obscurity or whatever I was working to be. But the opportunity presented itself. So I seized the door was open. It's the breath of fresh air that I needed. Just an average dude. And now I've become a catalyst. Make connection between fighters and fans. Can you imagine it? I've learned to manage it. Analyst analysis. Studied the sport in every point because I'm passionate. I play the advocate and sometimes the antagonist. Building up the hype before a fight. This ain't by accident. In the world of mixed martial arts, I'm the evangelist. Spreading the news of MMA, the number one candidate. Calibrate levels of greatness, as so when we collaborate. Mikey Rutgers, Jeremy me we reactivate. Brand creates the show for the fans, and it's magnanimous. Jury's out decision, and yes, it's unanimous. It's, it's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. It's, it's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. It's the radio,
3: it's the it's the radio, suck the fucker radio. Welcome back, suckers We are back for another episode of Sucker Radio here on MMASucker.com. I'm your host, as always, Jeremy Brand. And we have a heavyweight show for you this week. We'll be joined by Alistair Overeem, who'll be taking on Stefan Struve uh this weekend, UFC on Fox 13. We'll also be joined by Georgie Karakanyan, who has a ton to say about his sponsors, and he's fighting for Bellator, so what do you have it in January should be a great fight. Um, Justin Pirro will then talk about his unpopular opinions, and rounding out the show, we'll be joined by Mike Biggie Rhodes, who takes on Eric Silva in Brazil next week. So without further ado, I'm not going to talk, but getting into my first guest, we will chat with Alistair Overeem. My next guest will step inside the Octagon this Saturday night against Stefan Struve in a heavyweight battle. Please welcome Alistair Overeem to Sucker Radio. Alistair, thanks for joining me today, man.
1: And thanks for having me
3: (laughs) Obviously um, The elephant in the room Over the past week Was uh, the UFC announcing The partnership with Reebok For the official uniforms Um, Without knowing details on the situation what What are your initial thoughts?
1: Well my initial thoughts Were exactly what you just said Without knowing any details We don't know any details Everybody's going back and forth about it my whole thing is I don't know anything about it, so what is? My, what am I supposed to?
3: You were saying obviously without knowing details, there's there's not much you can think about it. But we did hear that Brendan Schaub, fellow heavyweight, lost some sponsors on this. Have you dealt with any of this?
1: No, undoubtedly, you know a door might close, but um, you know in in um, in reality, when a door closes, three other doors open. So. I'm not worried too much about it.
3: Well, that's a good thing. Um, You've done a ton of media leading up to this fight. Obviously, things didn't go your way recently. Um, What's the biggest question that you hate getting leading up to this fight?
1: Um, I actually don't hate any questions. Uh, Fire, shoot away. Um, And I'm a uh, positive-minded person, so...
3: Perfect. right, on to your fight then. Stefan Struve, he was expected to take on Matt Mitrione in July, but was forced out after an elevated heart rate. Did did this make you nervous at all to sign the contract? I mean, it would suck to go through a training camp and not get to fight.
1: Um, I was uh, uh, also on that uh, fact, I was not worried because I had known, okay, so if Stefan would drop out, I'm sure UFC would find a replacement. I mean, they hold so many events.
3: What do you make of, of Struve's history of n- not using his reach effectively? I mean, do you think if he tries to engage in a slugfest with you, which he's known to do, it'll be an easy night for you?
1: Um, well, he is he's somebody that uh, I know he's working on it, using his reach more, so I'll, I expect that a little bit more. But, yeah, I just need to be sharp and do my own thing and then... Um, you know, stick to the game plan, stick to the stuff that we prepare for, and then uh, it should all be just fine.
3: Speaking of game plan, you, you obviously recently changed camps. Uh, this is your second fight with Jackson's. Um, in a recent interview, you mentioned that they had a great game plan for you. Obviously, that didn't work out against Ben Rothwell. Do you still believe that Jackson's MMA can make you even better and you'll incorporate whatever game plan they designed for you against Struve?
1: Um, yeah, definitely I'm getting better, I mean in this camp uh, even now I got better, improved a lot, um, I was still in shape from the fight before, but um sort of gives you more uh, space to just improve on on, on, you know, on communication, on, on strategies, tactics. Of course it always takes some uh, time to uh, settle in a new camp, trust me, don't get me wrong, I felt great for the last round, but it didn't
3: yeah you you looked great with Hard Ben work pays exactly you looked great with Ben rothwell prior to the finish uh what what do you think went wrong in that fight
1: um I got a clip which can always happen i mean it's sport
3: you said in the u f c countdown show that you want to finish him in thirty seconds the last time you finished someone that quickly actually quicker was Todd duffy in twenty ten is is that the fight style that that you want to emulate
1: nobody uh, said. Anything about finishing anybody in 30 seconds? I have no idea where that comes from. Um, to just clarify on that.
3: Okay, have you have you seen those news clips and those headlines that people say you want to finish him in 30 seconds?
1: Yeah, but let's just drop the subject because I didn't say it, and um, yeah.
3: Ah, man, audio issues always suck. So, not a huge interview with Alistair. We got a few things he's saying that he did not say that he would knock him out in 30 seconds. So don't get that stuck in your head. It sucks when audio issues happen, but they do. So I'm sorry Um, that shit happens. Uh, But it sucks when stuff like that happens. So we don't, you know, we don't want it to happen, audio issues. I could have just gotten rid of the whole interview but i thought some of the stuff that alistair gave was pretty good there so there you have it up next i'll be chatting with georgie caracanian about not only his bellator return but also a sponsor that's been shilling him on some payment my next guest was the former WSOF featherweight champion and will take on Bubba Jenkins in the co-main event at Bellator 132 in January. Please welcome Georgie Caracanian to Sucker Radio. Georgie, thanks for joining me, man. Thanks for having me, man. Now, no. be- before we talk your fight, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show was to talk about some big news from yesterday. After after you tweeted that you weren't paid by one of your sponsors a number of other fighters came out to say the same thing, and and it's sort of been going on for quite some time. I know Eric Apple posted on the UG back in January that these guys hadn't have paid him, and that, that was like at the beginning of the year. That's almost 12 months. Just clear the air for everyone. This this obviously will give you a chance to get out more than 140 characters like you can on Twitter.
4: <laughs> yeah, man, it just... Um, I feel like as a fighter, we... You know, it's it's already hard for us to, you know, just go through camps and stuff like that. So when when a sponsor comes in and wants to sponsor you, you know, it's it's a good, it's a good opportunity. But you know, when they when you put that patch on your shirt, shorts, banner, whatever, uh, and then they're they they have not paid you in about seven months, you know, it gets frustrating. And uh, I've been talking to Chad. I don't know who he's Chad, but he, he said he's going to pay me. But I really don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just getting frustrated because they haven't paid me. They give me uh, excuses. Every every week is a different excuse. So I, I told him, I said, if this is not done by next Monday, I'm going to take some legal actions. And, I mean, if I have to pay the lawyer more than what they owe me, I'm going to do that just because I know... They're selling shirts, I know. They just opened up a training center there.
3: That's what Chad supposedly runs. Yeah, Chad is supposedly their Fear the Fighter gym owner, or he runs the gym. I don't know whether he owns it or not, but he runs the gym. So you've actually been in talks with these guys, and they continue to talk to you, but no payment.
4: Yeah, no payment, and I don't know if the Chad is the owner. And then I heard somebody told me Hector Castro is the owner to contact him, but, you know, I mean... There's a few fighters, you know, Gegard Mousasi, myself, uh, I.K. Kurasani, John Doctrine. There's a lot of fighters. Rick Story came, came out and said right. it today
3: as well, yeah.
4: I think it's not right, man. And just, I mean, Canada's kind of far, but...
3: Hey, I mean, I'm I in Canada, and I'm talking up. to you right now. <laughs> you fought in Vancouver. Come on.
4: <laughs> I know, man. but I mean, I'm getting so frustrated that I just want to take a plane out there and just see the owner, but... I just don't like, I don't talk shit to nobody through social media, man. I don't do none that shit. It's with me, it's all I try, and if you're going to do something, let's do something. But I think it's kind of fucked up what they're doing. us. So I hope they pay us. If they don't, like I said, I'm going to take legal action. I don't know what the other fighters think about doing them, but I, to me, it's kind of fucked up.
3: Were you the one who brought on these sponsors, or was it your manager? It's, my, it's,
4: uh, it's a good friend of mine from up, Upgrade Management, Julian. Julian Gregorio, he's the one that he has all the emails, he has all the invoices and everything and you know, I just hit him up on Twitter I was like, "Yeah, you guys are going to pay me and then Chad had no idea I was supposed to get paid so he started texting me he started emailing me and then now he's saying the owner's in a hospital with his with his newborn baby and then the other week it was the owner is with his sick mother, so I don't know if these are just excuses to just to just run some time, but I think especially now when we're getting close to the holidays, it's kind of messed up what they're doing to us.
3: Yeah, the owner actually, I believe, is is brothers of a UFC fighter, so you wouldn't think that he would be doing this? Yeah. <laughs> so legal actions so, um, are your next step come next week, you're saying. Um, do you already have a lawyer in play for this?
4: I do, you know. I mean, I, I don't care. I care less shit he's... Uh, these bros with the UFC fighter, I mean, uh, or whatever. So, I mean, if they said they're going to pay, they should pay. And I call them a lot of times. I tell them, if you guys have balls, if you're men enough, call me, tell me, hey, we're not going to pay you. But stop fucking with me and tell me, hey, we're going to pay you this week. We're going to send you tracking number next week. They're just playing games, you know, and just not right.
3: You 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 are sponsored by Reebok, which is now the UFC's big uniform partner. Do you feel that stuff like this uh, is what happened to you and other fighters is part of the reason behind the UFC doing something like this?
4: Uh, you know what? I don't fight for them, so it's hard to say. But I feel like the Reebok deal is gonna <clears throat> help the top guys in the UFC. They're gonna make all the money, but any c level. Fighter or any any that's not as famous as those top guys, I don't think they're going to make enough money. But I mean, I'm I have nothing bad to say. I'm, I'm happy I'm with Reebok. I'm pretty sure when my contract is over in February, uh, you know things might not go the same way. I might not be with them, or you know we'll see. But as of right now, I'm sponsored with them till February.
3: But at least the the fe- I mean, obviously yes, you're not with Reebok, with the UFC, but at least something like this won't happen to those fighters because they're not going to be sponsoring in-cage sponsorship. I mean, yes, they will be able to sponsor outside of fight week and they'll be able to, you know, give t-shirts to, to guys that are training and, and whatnot like that, but I don't know, man. It, it just sucks that all this happened. It, it blew up last night on social media.
4: Yeah, I mean, I I was like, man, should I tweet this and i tweet this and then finally when I did it and then... I'm I'm good friends with Gegard, so we were talking. He's in the same situation, but I heard there's few fighters that haven't got paid for two fights. I don't know what what are they doing, what are their thoughts, but I would have done something. So how I paid you something for one fight.
3: Yeah, how does something like that affect you? Obviously, you have more than just one sponsor, but just put into terms for the listeners here how a sponsor is supposed to pay you. That helps you get through fight camp. If these guys don't pay you. What does that do to your livelihood?
4: Well, it you know, it's just not it's not just me, you know, I got a family to feed, so That's what I, I mean, mean, yeah. I mean yeah, I mean I you know, when I when I fight I look at all my sponsor money and I'm like, Okay, well this is how gonna be. I'm gonna save this sponsor money for next camp and this, that and you know the money I would get from Fear the Fighter, it would help me right now, especially Christmas and stuff like that, but It's not right, you know. I I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know if if it's the way to represent their brand and this and that, but I feel like it's not right.
3: All right, let's stop talking about Fear the Fighter. We've given them enough promotion as it is. Let's talk Mm -hmm. your fight. Well, sort of. I I just want to take us through. I want you to take us through your decision to leave World Series of Fighting and re-sign with Bellator.
4: Uh, well, you know, after my last fight. I was promised I was going to fight in three months and they couldn't, we couldn't come to agreement. They couldn't find me an opponent. And, you know, Ali and Ray Sefo, you know, I talked to my manager and he said, we could get a, we went, if we leave, we could, you know, shop around, see if UFC will be interested, see who, and, you know, Bellator gave me a good offer. And, uh, you know, I have some unfinished business there. And I'm not not—I'm not just getting signed by Bellator to just go there and be a normal fighter, but, you know, I'm going out there to make noise, and I'm going out there to hurt somebody. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just happy that we'll see the fine gives the release. And, you know, i done a lot of good things with that organization. You know, I fought a lot of good fighters, except my last, the last guy I fought, you know, unfortunately I injured my red. But, uh, you know, I'm just happy to start a new new chapter with Bellator.
3: So there was no bad blood with World Series of Fighting?
4: No, no, no. There's, there's no blood, blood or anything. So everything's cool. You know, uh, everything was great. You know, that he came me.
3: Do you notice a difference from your time with Bellator in the past now that, uh, it's Scott Coker at the helm and not Bjorn Rebney.
4: Uh, yeah. You know, I, I noticed a big, big difference. I mean, I have no problem with Bjorn. Bjorn was cool with me. I'm cool with him. Uh, but I could tell, you know, there was a big difference, especially uh, when I spent the whole day with the Spike TV production crew and the whole Bellator crew. and You know, there's big things coming up for next year, and I feel like uh, Bellator will be where Strikeforce was in its prime.
3: That's awesome. Now you'll take on Bubba Jenkins, who only has one blemish on his record. However, you can say that he hasn't faced anyone on your level yet. Would you agree?
4: Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. He's you know just yeah. Go on. Go ahead. No, go go. I say yeah. He he fought a lot of uh, decent opponents, but you know he hasn't fought somebody like me, and um, I feel like that's going to be the difference. I mean, I know the kid is a good wrestler, but I'm all around a good mixed martial artist. You know, I just worked on everything. This is not going to be a wrestling match, even though I have no problem making it to a wrestling match. So it's going to be a good fight.
3: Yeah, Jenkins says he's fought most of his bouts at lightweight, with only two of them, his most recent fights being at featherweight. Do you think cutting down from a weight that that you normally fight at to a lower weight class can bear on your performance in the cage?
4: Um, I It could play it out for you. It could play against you. You know, If you're not used to cutting that much weight, um, you could get really tired really fast. But... Um, I mean, it depends. If he feels comfortable in that weight, it's good. I mean, if he wants to come with that 45-pound weight and fight me and get his ass whooped, <laughs> it's okay with me. But, you know, it's it's his decision. You know, I, I don't know. To me, he's not that big of a 55 or a 45 or so. You know, we'll see to be able to fight.
3: No, so the weight difference won't be that big a deal. What do you, what do you come into the cage at on fight night?
4: Oh, I'm only 60, 62. Okay. I don't like to blow up too much but if, if I'm right now I am walking around 65 so I try to stay 20 pounds from my weight even when I'm not training for a fight
3: he is a former as you said division 1 NCAA wrestling champion, ch- champion so I'm guessing training camp has been a lot of takedown defense
4: a lot of takedown defense a lot of takedowns and uh, you know just not Going in there thinking he's going to wrestle me, you know, because if this is a mixed martial arts, anything can happen. But, yeah, extremely a lot of uh, wrestling, and not just wrestling with guys my size. I mean, I'm, I've been wrestling with the guys that are 180, 185 pounders, and, uh, you know, big guys. So when I go in there, a 45er won't feel like a 45er to me.
3: Yeah, you said you're not expecting it to be a wrestling match because oddly enough, this guy has more wins that have come by TKO or submission rather than grinding decisions like a lot of wrestlers out there. So this fight should be a war. Do you expect it to go the full 15 minutes or do you think you can get in and out of there quick?
4: Uh, You know, when I visualize a fight, any fight, I always visualize three-round war because when you go in there and think about you're going to get a finish fast and it doesn't happen you're like, fuck. So, (laughs) you know, I go in there, I go in there with just the mentality that I'm going to just, it's going to be crazy war. It's going to, that I'm going to wear myself out so bad that I won't even be able to walk out of the cage. So I expect to be three round war. I have no problem. If the finish comes, if I see any openings, I'll take it.
3: You will be fighting in January. How many times do you expect to fight in 2015?
4: I would like to fight three more times so it could be 12 or four because, you know, this year is kind of not busy for me. And, I mean, you know, I fought in June. So uh, I want to keep the 2015 a busy year.
3: Will you be able to get four fights with Bellator in that time frame?
4: Um, I really hope so. You know, like, like I said, I told my manager... You know, I'll be, uh, if someone gets injured or something for the next fight card, I'll be ready. So, uh, you know, we'll see, you know, because they, they told Bubba if he beats me, he's going to fight for the title. But uh, we'll see what happens when he gets fast,
3: <laughs> He is Georgie Karakanyan and he'll square off against Bubba Jenkins in the co-main event, as I said, at Bellator 132. Thanks for joining me today, man. And if you have any shout outs, now's the time. Also, let people know where they can get a hold of you in the social media universe, as if they didn't know already after yesterday. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, I would like to thank you guys, namely Fuck Radio, and um, of course my main sponsor Reebok, uh, Amy and Brian Coconut Water, my manager Mike Cogan, all my training partners of Millennia, and um, if you guys want to get hold of me, my uh, Twitter George Georgian Instagram, George May.
3: Thanks, man, and uh, good luck in January. Can't wait to see you back inside the cage. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Big words from Georgie Caracanian right there. My goodness, he has some serious beef with Fear the Fighter, legal issues about to happen, and he's going to step inside the Bellator cage at Bellator 132 in January. So good luck to Georgie on all those fronts. Coming up next, I'll be chatting with nobody because Justin Pirro will join me for his unpopular opinions right after this.
5: That's right, people. It's time for more unpopular opinions with me, Justin Pirro, here at MMASucka.com on Sucka Radio. Now, I suggest you take a moment... And get yourself a drink. We might be here a while. For me, that's some scotch. And if you want to know later, or if you're curious, hit me up on Twitter. Ask me what I'm drinking. I'll let you know. But we're going to start things off with the traffic getter. The man behind the pipe bomb in WWE. The man who has managed to make the internet implode in on itself in a seething vortex of rage twice in less than 30 days. He is the straight edge superstar. He is Phil CM Punk Brooks. Now... I understand that, like our guest Mike Biggie Rhodes, many of you are screaming, Why? Why did they sign him? Well, the UFC, for better or for worse, is a business. And Dana White sees money in CM Punk. He also sees a guy who's not going to fail a drug test, but that's another matter. Lorenzo Fertitta sees money in CM Punk. And quite honestly, there have been rumblings amongst others in the MMA media that there should be a reality TV show following Punk around as he prepares for his first fight. And you know what? That's not a bad idea. Once he decides where he's going to train and what weight class he's going to fight at, I actually think that would be a great way to drive people towards fight pass. Or it would be an interesting replacement for the Ultimate Fighter since there isn't one scheduled for next year. I know. Crazy ideas. You know, I un- again, I understand people's objections. But right now, the UFC is... They don't have a lot of stars. Now, they need somebody who can draw some extra eyeballs, give them some funding... Give them some advertising, get them some advertising. And we'll see what happens with that. Honestly, if they're smart, Punk never made events. He, you curtain jerk him on a pay-per-view, you know? No, maybe not. He either fights Fight Pass for his first fight and drives subscriptions there, or his first fight on a pay-per-view. Now, that will draw extra eyes. I mean, hell, Brock Lesnar, he drew an extra, what, two hundred to 300,000 buys on every pay-per-view he was on. That's insane, but wrestling audiences will follow people, especially a guy who is as interesting as Punk. And honestly, I can't get too mad at the UFC for this decision, but then again, I can see both sides. (sighs) Okay, have a sip, folks. (sighs) Next. Next. Ben Askren. Because of this punk issue, Askren has come back into the limelight of the, the majority of the MMA Twitter sphere. Because he got mad. And you know what? He certainly has a right. He's upset that the UFC has signed a guy who, who's got no combat sports experience over him. And I see his point. I see his point. I understand it. I would like to see Askren in the UFC, especially now that he's starting to figure out how to finish fights. But, on the other hand, do you think Dana White really wants to deal with Tito Ortiz 2.0? And I don't mean that because Ben's going to go out digging graves and cry about supporting her troops all while being a gigantic douchebag. No. Askren has already shown that he would more than likely cause a great number of headaches for UFC management. His actions on Twitter is constant crap talking towards UFC management like Dana White. It's not the kind of thing that gets people jobs. Could you imagine going out there? wanting, being a candidate for a job, than going out on Twitter and saying, yeah, that company is run by idiots. Do you really think they're going to hire you? Honestly? Are you... I mean, you got to have the same kind of brain damage as Jason Miller to think that. But here we are. Ben Askren is a talented individual who... If he got to the UFC, probably could draw interest to a fight with his, you know, with his mouth. The problem is, he's used that mouth and he's talked himself out of a job. And part of me wonders why nobody's pointed that out to him yet. Duke Rufus, where are you? You gotta tell your boy that. Anthony Pettis, tell your boy that. You know? it boggles the mind I can feel my mind boggling at how Askern thinks that he's entitled to a UFC shot no matter how much garbage he talks about the owners and the management and are some of his criticisms valid? yes of course they are but at the same time sometimes you gotta zip the lip if you wanna get anywhere Save your comments for after you get the damn job, Ben. But until then, as the ever-popular meme would say, have a nice cup of STFU. Now, unlike my esteemed colleague, Mr. Jeremy Brand, I believe that Robbie Lawler won his fight at UFC 181. I gave him rounds one, four, and five. Will give it Hendricks rounds two and three. Was the forty-nine, forty-six scorecard completely off the wall and bizarre for Lawler? Yes, but forty-eight, forty-seven. Either way, I mean, I could understand that. It's not a robbery, folks. If you want to see a robbery, you know, go watch Bonnie and Clyde. Go watch a heist movie. That was not a robbery. Go watch Leonard Garcia for, you know Leonard Garcia versus the Korean Zombie one. Go watch Diego Sanchez over anybody in the past two years that he's won a fight. Now, Robbie Lawler as your new UFC champion—that's not a robbery. That you could—that's a close fight. You could even say that the judges are starting to punish Lay and Prey. They saw Hendricks sitting there with stalled out takedowns for what it was. Stalling. And I can't disagree with them. The guy even admitted to coasting in those later rounds against the advice of his corner. I mean, if you watched rounds four and five, you'd think that Kenny Monday had left the corner and been replaced by Misha Tate. But here we are. And I don't want an immediate rematch. If we have to have a rematch, I want to see Lawler McDonald too. I don't want to see Hendrix Lawler three because Lawler had to go out and fight two hard fights, make two dominant statements in order to get his second title shot. So I think it's only fair Lawler has to fight once or twice before he gets another crack at Robbie Lawler. And, you know, if you want to find me on Twitter, Hit me up with your complaints and grievances. Hashtag complaints and grievances. Hit me up at Stormland Brand. Or find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Stormland. But you know what? I got to turn this back over to Jeremy because he's got Mike at Biggie Rhodes and he's got a lot to say.
3: Thanks, Justin. I'm not going to say anything else. I'm going to get right into my interview with Mike Biggie Rhodes. Joining me now is a UFC welterweight who will take on Eric Silva at UFC Fight Night 58. Please welcome Mike Biggie Rhodes to Sucker Radio. Thanks for joining me today, man. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. How have things been? I mean, training going well, all that other goodness?
0: Yeah, man, training is going good. Um, you know, right now we're at the point where the fight's next Saturday, so we're just toning things back, just going through the mental stuff and uh, just making sure I'm sharpening my tools, man. and Stand mentally focused.
3: Let's let's just cut right to the chase. Were you at all surprised that you were given Eric Silva despite being on a two fight losing skid?
0: Uh, no, um, you know I think my mindset and other people's mindsets about fighting and and, and those things are uh, really different, man. Um, you know, I was I was ready for whoever they were going to give me. You know, I was very blessed to get this third opportunity. Um, you know, some guys go on to and get cut, you know. So, um, you know, whether they're trying to use me to get Eric to uh, win or fight or whatever, Not that's not my concern. My concern is that I have a fight and I have to go win. So um, I wasn't surprised by it at all. And, you know, I actually welcomed it. You know, if I can't beat a guy like that, then, you know, um, how am I going to beat the guys who are champions, you know, and, I, and that's the way I look at it.
3: For sure. And you said... That some guys get cut after being zero and two. Does does that make you feel like you are in a must win position?
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, there's no reason to you know kid myself or, or anyone to lie to me or try and talk me out of thinking that way. It, it is it's do or die. Um, if I don't go out there and win, you know I'm I'm out of the UFC and I understand that. So um, you know it, it's done nothing but boost my training and. and you know, make me want to go out and fight that much harder.
3: Mentally, how does something like that weigh on you?
0: Uh, for me, it really doesn't, you know, um, every fight in the UFC, man, is pretty much a must win. Guys are getting cut after one loss, you know, uh, you see somebody like Jake Shields lose one fight against a top ring guy and he was gone, you know? So, um, I don't, I don't really think about it like that, man. You know, I just think that I'm a winner. I'm used to winning. And, uh, Losing is not something that, you know, I, I like. So every fight for me is just as important.
3: Saying that, I, I'm gonna sort of move out onto a bit of a different tangent. You're saying guys get cut after one loss. There's guys that are that are have been training their whole lives to get to the show. Obviously, the big news this past week was CM Punk coming in with a zero and zero record. What were your thoughts on this signing of a professional wrestler with no MMA experience?
0: Um You know, I kind of took it as a slap in the face because I, you know, a lot of us, pretty much everyone in the UFC um, had to work their way up there. You know, we had to go through the smaller shows, deal with the crappy venues and, you know, getting paid that small amount of money to see if we really love this sport and and climb our way up to the, you know, the big show. And um, he's just getting signed, you know, based off having a name and being a, a professional, you know, wrestler with something that isn't, really, you know, it's, it's a fake sport. I mean, they're good athletes, don't get me wrong, but it's fake what they do, you know. We, we fight for real, and um, it's just going to be interesting to see um, how they match him up, you know. Like, he, he doesn't have the credentials, so he's going to get fed some people to get some wins, and, and I think that's just going to diminish the sport.
3: Yeah, and also there's going to be guys that have been with the UFC for quite <clears throat> some time that have built themselves up, um, they're still not getting paid the most because they're not ranked as high as other people. But this guy coming in zero and zero, he's got the name behind him, so they got to be paying him a decent paycheck. It, as you said, it is sort of a slap in the face for these guys that have been pushing so far.
0: Yeah, he's gonna get paid the big money, man. He's 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 a big draw. Um, he has that whole uh, WWE fan base. They're gonna follow him. Um, you know, you can't fault the guy for um, you know having a name or or anything like that, though, you know, that's um, something he built in another area that is going to translate over to dollars, you know, for him in this sport, so, um,
3: and for the UFC. You know, kudos to him on
0: that, yeah.
3: Alright, let's move back to your, your fight. Silva, this guy's been with the UFC since 2011, so obviously you're familiar with his fighting style. How do you plan to deal with his relentless attacks? This guy brings it to the cage every single time he comes in there.
0: Yeah, um... I'm going to meet him in the middle. You know, I'm, I've never been the type to back down from a fight. Um, you know, I'm not shooting any takedowns. Um, we're going to stand on our feet and, and have it out. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with, uh, you know, one of us going down in the blaze of glory. It's either going to be near him. <laughs> and that's the way I'm looking at it. You know, I got to go in there and fight him toe to toe, man to man. I got to earn his respect early and, and, and back him off. And then, uh, you know, be the aggressor, but I will not be walked through. I will not be bullied. And, you know, that's his uh, style of fighting. So when, when he looks across from the cage and, and, you know, we meet in that middle and and I'm not backing up, I think that's going to shock him and, you know, obviously uh, put the fight in my favor.
3: I love it. And I mean, obviously going toe to toe with the guy, that's what he likes. He, in, numerous of his past fights, he's gotten fight of the night honors, um, performance of the night honors. So at least you know you're going in there against someone who likes to fight.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, he he, he, he isn't going to run away from me, and that's that's not his style at all. And, you know, I'm not going to run away from him. So, you know, the choice is, you know, throw, bite down and throw. And, you know, I'm going to be looking to be the more technical, cleaner guy in those exchanges. But, you know, we're going to be in a firefight, and I'm okay with that.
3: All right, if you were to look at his record inside the octagon, you'd notice that he has literally flopped back and forth between wins and losses in each and every one of his fights. He lost his last fight, so...
0: Uh... <laughs> I think this is going to be the first time he puts two losses in a row on there There, huh?
3: There you go. Have you brought anyone in to emulate sort of his style? I mean, he's a brawler.
0: No, not really. Um... Uh, there's no need for that, really. Um, he's a striker by nature. By the fact, I mean anyone can throw a punch. He throws really hard. I wouldn't say he's the most technical guy or anything like that. He's a brawler. Um, you know, you got those guys in the gym everywhere. Um, I got really high level uh, jujitsu guys, wrestlers, and, and stuff already in my camp. You know, I train in one of the top camps in the world, so there's no need to really uh, shop outside our gym and try and bring people in. Um, I trained with the guys I got, and, uh, you know, I'm very confident that they have me uh, well prepared to go out there and get a victory.
3: And your camp, speaking of that, how about your teammates at UFC 181? It, it, great time for the Pettis brothers and Team Rufus Sport, despite all the negativity that in, in the last month. I mean, these guys brought it around and brought a bright light to the team.
0: Yeah, man, those guys are awesome, man. Uh, I call I call them the bonus brothers, you know. They're, <laughs> they're styles are um crazy and always evolving and uh you know they're really good fighters man anthony's the best fighter in the world man i, I don't see anybody beating him for quite some time um and Sergio's just groaning to his own you know um developing his style and you know fighting his way through uh you know some tough competition and adversity and just showing how tough and resilient he is and you know, I, I hope to go out there and show, show my toughness, my resilience, and, and get my first UFC victory.
3: For sure. Now, you fought in New Zealand in your last fight. This time you're in Brazil. Is that something you like, fighting outside your comfort zone? No.
0: <laughs> Simply put, no. Um, you know, the UFC does what the UFC wants, and us as fighters, you know, we, we just have to go with it. Um not only am I fighting a hometown kid in his home country, you know, I know for a fact I can't go over there and win a decision. I mean, look at, look at the track record of Brazil. If I go over there and let it go to the judges, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much giving him a win. So that's the reason why I'm going over there with the attitude that, um, you know, either I'm going to take him out or he's going to have to take it from me. I won't, I won't let those judges, um, still, still, still a, a fight for me, a win for me, um, you know, money out of my pocket. So, um, it's not fun traveling all these places. You don't have the foods, the you know, the comfort. Um, I only get to take one coach with me because the UFC only pays for one coach. So I mean, he's going to have a team full of guys and and everything like that. So I think uh, fighting overseas and in other countries is a you know, it's a, it's a negative for fighters who have to travel and, and do that kind of thing.
3: Yeah, so I guess it it adds more pressure being in front of not only the fact that you're traveling, you only have one coach, but being in front of his hometown crowd as well. Or do you think that this adds pressure to him?
0: Um, I think it's both ways, you know, I have pressure to perform. Um, so does he, you know, him being the, he's been touted the next big thing out of Brazil for so long. And, you know, hasn't really lived up to that, uh, fully, you know, as Mm -hmm. as what they're saying. So, um, we just both have pressure, but you know, it, it, it is what it is, man. Every fight and everything in life carries its own pressure. It's how you deal with that. and You know, it determines on where you go.
3: Now I saw you tweeting last night about, uh, the sons of anarchy finale. Um, did you get a chance to catch that series finale?
0: Yeah, I did, man. Um, my, uh, my current girlfriend, um, she got me hooked on it, man. I had never watched it before this year. You know, I, Never really had cable or really watched too much TV. That's not really my style, more outdoors and, and things like that. But um, I started with season one and I just got hooked. And, you know, I watched all the way up and got current. And then I watched this season as it progressed and uh, finally watched the finale last
3: night. Yeah, it was it's pretty epic ride. Uh, did you enjoy the finale? I mean, I thought it it sealed the series up very well.
0: Yeah, I think it was I think it was good um a lot of people are crying about um you know whether or not he should have died and and, and whatnot but um I like the ending I think it was symbolic I think it played out right you know he he went and did the things that he thought he needed to do for his club and then he was willing to you know go out like his pops so um you know it was, it was a powerful statement in the way he went out and chose to to do things i enjoyed
3: it no kidding now finally i saw a few months back or a couple months back that you and ian Baines started a pretty cool column over at mma opinion just tell us how that came about and and do you really do you enjoy writing about the sport and the fights and and mma in general
0: um you know me and ian have been cool man ever since the, ever since i started my career you know when i was an amateur ian was reaching out to me and doing interviews and you know really supporting me for a long time so Um, We, you know, we talk shit to each other back and forth over Twitter and give each other crap on fight picks and whatnot. And he emailed me one day and was like, hey, let's do this. I'm like, sure. You know, I'm always down to do stuff like that. Um, I love MMA. I love the sport. Um, You know, I think that I pay attention, you know, to the sport. I, I read columns. I watch shows. I watch all the fights. Um, you know my teammates laugh because they can say a fighter's name, and I can I can tell you about him. You know, <laughs> no matter where he's from or or what he's done, um, I pride myself on knowing things like that. And it was really easy to write that column and, and understand. You know, both points of view being a fan and a fighter, and I just thought it was a cool opportunity. You know, I, I wish that you know some at the end of the day, sometime maybe you know a analyst position or something like that would come my way. I, I think I'm very well spoken, and that. When it comes to MMA, I know a lot about it and and all the fighters, and I think that I would do well in a position like that.
3: Definitely. That's really cool. He's Mike Biggie Rhodes. He'll take on Eric Silva at UFC Fight Night 58 on December 20th in Brazil. Thanks a bunch, Mike, for uh, taking the time out of your day, man. Just let people know where they can get a hold of you in the social media universe and any sponsors you'd like to shout out.
0: Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me. Um, you can follow me on all my social uh, media sites at Team Rock Biggie. That's P-E-A-M-R-O-C-B-I-G-G-I-E. That's Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter. Um, my Facebook is Mike Biggie Rhodes fan page. My website is www.biggymma.com. I just want to say thank you to Rufus Porter, all my teammates and training partners. Uh, my coaches, Duke Rufus, Scott Cushman, Daniel uh, Vanderlei. Ben Askren, um, you know, I just want to say thank you, a huge shout out to all my teammates who fought recently and won or lost you know, we go out there, we fight on and want to go out on our field, so um, I'm really, really happy about that mm-hmm. and I just want to say thank you to all the sponsors that sponsor me now, who's going to sponsor me in the future, uh, I don't want to name any names and leave anyone out, but uh, tune in December 20th, man, somebody's going, to, somebody's going to get baptized by fire and uh, you guys aren't going to let, want to miss it, I promise you Um, One of us is going down, and hopefully I'm going to be the one still standing.
3: All right, quick thing before I let you go. You mentioned Ben Askren there. Do you think we will see him in the UFC sometime in 2015?
0: Yes, I think you will see him in the UFC in 2015, and if you don't, the sport is corrupt, and I don't want anything to do with it at that point. That guy should be in the UFC before me, and, and I'll say he should be in the UFC before a lot of the guys that I walked away, and he'll beat them all, including me. And <laughs> I think that it's crazy that he's not in there already.
3: Strong words. Thanks, man. And uh, good luck in Brazil.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it.
3: That's the show, folks. I'd like to thank my guests, Mike Biggie Rhodes, Georgie Caracanian, and Alistair Overeem, despite the audio issues. Um, thank you to those guys. Thank you to Justin Pirro for his unpopular opinions. And thank you to you guys for listening as always. Check out Sucker Radio each and every week on MMA Like MMA Sucker on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at MMA Sucker. Follow myself at JeremyBrand604. Make sure you check out our sponsor on it. Onit.com and use the coupon code M-M-A-S-U-C-K-A, that's right, M-M-A-S-U-C-K-A, for 10% off your entire supplement purchase. With that, I'm out.